Father, thank you for the way that you've shown love already. Thank you for Barbara Jones and her desire to advance your cause, advance the gospel in the work of the kingdom in Guatemala. Bless her and prepare her for service down there. The whole medical team, all the nurses, all the volunteers are going to make that work. Thank you for her and the life that she's living on mission. Would you please bless now and give us ears to hear, please. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so let's talk about the gospel. This is, this is absolutely core to our faith. It's why we call ourselves Christians. And here's the basic scriptures. The first step in understanding the gospel is a kind of admit and believe kind of concept. And it's simply, when I say the word admit, I'm pushing the idea that there's sometimes some uncomfortable things that we have to reckon with about our lives, about what it means to be human. For example, Isaiah says in chapter 59 that our iniquities have made a separation between you, you and your God and your sins have been hidden from his face so that he does not hear your prayer is the idea. And that's a disturbing idea because we think, particularly even as Americans, that we can make all kinds of personal, private choices and expect that there's no consequences to those decisions. And we miss the fact that sin separates. Sin separates us from each other. Sin separates us from God. And the scriptures are very, very clear that there are horrific consequences to, to these kinds of decisions. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians that we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, all of us. And everything will be accounted for. Everything. And again, sometimes it makes us feel uncomfortable because we have, as Americans, we thrive on privacy and we, we, we have this idea that our issues are nobody's business. Nobody's business. And the idea that there's judgment or there's accountability, we find that very, very offensive. But the fact is there is God. And he created the heavens and the earth. We are made in his image. And because of that, we have a real problem, and that's called morality. <laughs> if we weren't made in God's image, if we were nothing more than a glorified, tailless monkey and a hairless ape, if that's all we are, then morality is not an issue. But the fact is that's not the case. We are literally made in the image of God, and morality is a very, very serious issue. Jesus' teaching to the crowd says in John 8, I told you that you will die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. You know, one of the things that's really offensive about Christianity is something just like that. Very offensive. Very exclusive. Like Christians are the only ones on planet Earth that get it right. That's an offensive idea. But the fact is, guess what? Jesus said it. I didn't make it up. I didn't sit around and try to come up with some rules that are going to upset people. Jesus himself said it. Jesus himself believed it. And the fact is, if we claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, we cannot ignore that little nugget right there. You, can't, you don't have a cut-and-paste Bible. You know what the cut-and-paste Bible is? <laughs> the parts you don't like, you just ignore you just cut it out and say, eh, no, I don't believe that. But I like this one. I like, I'll believe that one. You can't do that. There's not a cut and paste, pick and choose, buffet-style Bible. Jesus was fully convinced 
that the judgment of hell is very, very real. And that's not a scare tactic evangelism. I'm not trying to arm twist anybody. I'm telling you this is what Jesus Christ himself said. So Paul writes in Romans 3, the fact is, we've got to admit this one, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. How many times do you lie to be a liar? Once. How many times do you steal to be a thief? We're all a bunch of liars and thieves in here right now. All of us. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Jesus Christ. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, we, we, we take this offense that there's some kind of a dramatic accountability with God. But we somehow think it's fine that God loves us. Well, that one's okay. Yeah, I believe that one. There's some kind of invisible heavenly blob up there that somehow thinks happy thoughts about us. Well, so there's no threat to that idea. So it's okay. But the idea that there's accountability, that there's morality, that there's judgment, that there's a God that we will give an answer to, we kind of, I kind of want to shake my fist at that idea and say no. No. But the fact is, Behold the kindness, the severity of God, Paul writes in Romans 11. Behold the mystery that although God has created us and although that he gave us one of the most incredible gifts ever, and that is called choice, and that we get to make decisions about, about our behaviors, what we secretly think, what we, we say or what we do, and there are consequences to that, and it is the reality of what God has done for us and with that comes consequences. But in the very same turn, he created a way out of the mess. He literally made a way. The problem is real and the answer is just as real. There is salvation and no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. There's a way out of the mess. Let's talk about repentance. The word repentance in Greek is metanoia, and it simply means to change your mind. Meta, metamorphosis, metanoia, from the root noose, your mind, the way you think. Metanoia, change the way you think. Repentance means admit it and quit it. Change the way you think, change the way you behave. That's what repentance is, and believe. So Paul makes it so clear. I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. John the Baptist, seeing Christ, said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus Christ literally died as the atoning sacrifice that pays our sin debt and removes the separation that we had between us and God so that there's literally a bond, a reunion. It's called atonement. At one, we become one with God through Jesus Christ. Mark 1, this is, this is Jesus' first sermon. Dave. His public sermon, the first one he ever said is this. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. The gospel is good news. For God so loved the world 
that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is the good news. Jesus made it clear. I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. There you go again. Christian exclusivity. Jesus is the only way. The Pope didn't die on the cross for you. Mohammed didn't die on the cross for you. No other religious leader, Buddha, no president, no pastor, no religious leader has given their lives to atone for who you are on the inside and fix what is broken inside of you. It is only through Jesus Christ that we come to the Father. John 1, I love this, but as many as received him, to them gave he to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. So Peter preaches and he tells this whole story. And the crowd is so stirred that when they heard this, they were pierced to their heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter said to them, Repent, each of you. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ with the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Paul makes it clear again in Ephesians, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. So, let me ask a question. Okay. Are you riding on a... Are you riding on, are you hoping in a kind of mythic childhood experience you had back in vacation Bible school? When you filled out a card and you weren't sure what was really going on, but all your eight-year-old friends were going to become a Christian. And so you you had no idea what was going on, but you, you did whatever it was they had. You wanted it, and you felt pressured. You felt social pressure. Is that as deep and wide as your faith is? A card you filled out when you were eight years old? Or you went to youth camp and there was mass hysteria and you know, the last night of camp and everybody's at the altar crying and you have no idea what happened, but you went down and filled out a card. Is that what it means to be a Christian? I tell you no. That's not what it means to be a Christian. To be born again is the mystery it is, it is being changed on the inside and changed at such a deep level that we are not the same. The, the Son of God mysteriously steps inside of us and we are made brand new. He who knew no sin became sin for us 
that we, through his righteousness, will become the righteousness of God. There's a trade out. We literally become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. He literally steps inside of us. If you're riding on some kind of a foggy memory of something that happened in childhood and there is no evidence that you are a follower of Jesus Christ, I beg you, would you please understand the mandate of the gospel is that you repent and believe and that you experience the new birth. I beg you. This is not about church membership. This is not about some magic ritual. This is not about filling out a card. This is about being made new on the inside. Church members don't go to heaven. Baptists don't go to heaven. The Presbyterians, the Anglicans, the Methodists, none of those folk are going to make it to heaven. The only people that get in are those who've been born again through Jesus Christ. That's it. No exceptions. Do you have confidence that you have a living and intimate relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and that you have been made new? If you haven't, let me offer something that's just, it's just kind of a model. It's just putting all these scriptures together and kind of boiling it down to a prayer that makes sense. And it's a prayer that kind of goes like this. You're saying, God, you are holy and righteous and my sin has separated me from you. I turn away from my selfish ways and turn to you. I remember praying that when I was 16. I know your free gift is eternal life through your son, Jesus Christ. I repent of my sins. I change my mind. I change my ways. And I believe that in the name of Jesus, I receive forgiveness. Lord Jesus, I confess you as my Lord. And believe in my heart that God raised you from the dead for me. I receive you into my heart. Thank you for hearing my prayer, making me your child. Thank you for giving me eternal life. I will follow you. In your name, amen. If that is something you have never done, or you believe in your heart, you are compelled, that is the very prayer of your heart right now. I just want to get quiet for a bit. I'm going to shut up. I want you to... Think through that and ask yourself, have I experienced the new birth? If you have not, I beg you to repent and believe and give your heart to Almighty God and experience the new birth, okay? Let's just get quiet for a minute, and I want you to really look inside and settle up on whether or not you've been born again and if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ.
Abba Father, thank you that you have accepted me and you have loved me and that I have found new life in your son, Jesus. Realizing that I have the love that I've always wanted, always needed, that has come from you is life-changing. God, I, I pray that every person here will know the new birth. Thank you for making a way out of the mess that we can be known by you, we can know you. Thank you for hope. God, I ask that you bless now, please. Stir the heart of each person here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Listen, if you want to talk to me after uh, this, I want to invite you to come talk to me, all right? If you've made a decision to be a follower of Jesus Christ, come see me. I'll be right back there. You can talk. Um, I'm going to help you. You need to be baptized. And I will, I will guide you through the process of becoming a mature, moving toward a mature relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll do that, okay? We're going to worship. And it's something I love about Stephen's leadership is his, the songs that he sings are always songs about the gospel. Always. They move us to the cross and to what Jesus Christ has done for us. Uh, thank you, Stephen, for doing that. Let me pray again. Abba, get our hearts ready to worship, to sing, to sing songs to you that say thank you for what you've done for us through your son. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.